Okay. Um, what episode is this? 13? Unlucky 13. Yes, yes. Launching off on April 13th at the 13th Thunder Down. 13th, sorry. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, all right. All so here we are on uh, episode 13 of Myths and Stories, and we're covering the second part of the Crow story. Yes. As... As, as told from the season of the chosen on because when we last left crow uh or no do, do we cover uh we did not cover chosen we we ended at the um season we of the, hunt, the end of the season of the hunt yeah um <clears throat> so in, to do a, a in, quick recap in my head i was like ah oh, we can just skip over these two and then miss was like no you moron and i was like oh right i'm moron <laughs> oh yeah right things things, things happen. happen um so, uh, to do a quick recap, i say Aldrin resurrected as Crow. I uh, didn't know of his past, but knew that he was not a good person because everyone he met that saw his face kicked the ever-loving shit out of him um, in horrible, gruesome ways. Uh, he was saved from the vacuum of space. Uh, his ship malfunctioned. He was saved from this malfunction and... and having to be revived in, in space over and over by Spider, or specifically one of Spider's crews. Spider used that to uh, make him essentially an, an indentured servant and uh, solidified that relationship by putting a bomb in his ghost uh, until our guardian came along, along with, uh, at the time, believed to be Osiris. Uh, Ended up hunting down the Wrathborn of Zebu Arath with Crow and taking Crow himself as our prize from Spider for helping out his business by clearing them out. Um, so at this point in time, as we enter Season of the Chosen, Crow is free of Spider uh, and kind of under, under the, the mentorship of Osiris. Um, Osiris has kind of taken him under his wing. He's given him, uh, you know, uh, new clothes that aren't rags. Um, and, and is kind of, uh, directing him on what he should or should not be doing while in the tower. Uh, cause that's where he is now. now is in the now tower. we, we, we are saying Osiris are, are, are we holding off the big reveal? I mean, everyone, hopefully, <laughs> everyone knows uh so yes osiris in all of these instances is savathun in disguise but as far as crow and all the other player characters uh the player character and other npcs know at this point in time it is osiris right. um so I'll, I'll continue to refer to him that way uh until such a time that it enters the story that it was savathun just so it doesn't get too confusing right. Just remember when he does so. when he does jazz hand jazz fingers and flicky eyes. That's when he said. <laughs> that's that's when he said that that, that, that specific moment was when yeah. we're like, oh, he's Sabathun. <laughs> um, so yeah, and say there's this is a little going to be a little different format because we don't necessarily just have a lore book that follows these events. Uh, kind of have to hunt around a little bit throughout the quests as well as um some of the descriptions on items and, and other things. I was, to, I was gonna ask. Uh, as well as a lot of the in-game 
things. Right. Well, and I was going to um, ask it like it, it I, I didn't go specifically hunting it down. Um, uh, since I know that you, you quite enjoy the research portion of this, uh, mm-hmm. is, is a lot of this contained in, in lore tabs on items? Um, so there is a decent amount that it actually happens within the, um, challengers proving quest line via, um, in-game dialogue and in-game interactions between crow and various Uh, NPCs between crow and various people. Uh, there is a decent amount that happens on, um, items, but it's kind of, it's kind of an interesting bit. And I, I, told you this uh last episode although i think it was after we were done recording the iron forerunner set from iron banner this season covers a lot of the interactions um or or a lot of the the inter thoughts uh on the interactions between crow and saladin that happened in season of the chosen Um, so we'll go over those during season of the chosen as well, even though we didn't get the items until later, because uh, they're relevant here. Speaking um, of relevance, not to not to jump forward a bunch. Um, mm-hmm. How much? How much of the uh, of the lore pages for um, our current season of the not season lost uh, festival of the lost event uh, have you been able to collect? Uh, so I haven't been able to collect all of them. Um, I've gotten through, I think like the first line and a half. Uh, so I still, I still have a few that that I need to go through yet. Uh, I do have, um, specifically the lore tab from headless horsepower, uh, as well as let's see. The headless horsepower one was the specific one that I, that I was wanting to, to hopefully include tonight. Um, Yep. So I, I do have that one, um, as well as actually a few others that I, I was not aware of until looking into this yep. more um, for for season of the lost. But if we go back to season of the chosen. Real, real quick um, again. Now that you said season of the lost, mm-hmm. you know what still hasn't happened yet? Hmm. Where the fuck is Sheer Ido? This is true. I mean, we got a long time until where, the season. Where is done. Queens Bay? Queen's Wrath, but no, yeah, Bay, B E I, Bay. Oh, oh, I thought you said Bay. No, not Bay. This makes no, much not more bang. sense. Bay, Bay, like May it's Bay. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Is it a Y? Uh, my, my wife is trying to correct me, saying it's B E Y, but I. No, no, it's 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 no B A B A E. Oh well, shit. I am wrong on both of these. <laughs> That's how I always see it. My wife yeah. said it was BAE as well, so I am just completely wrong. So, screw <laughs> me. <laughs> okay, back to season. Well, now that we, we've got that yeah. out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, season of the hunt ends. Uh, season of the chosen begins. And it's important to give some context for season of the chosen in general. And the, the, the specific uh, ending to, to season of the hunt was uh, us liberating crow from yes. the clutches, the, the clutches of the spider, right? Like, yep. Yeah. We, we release him. Spider tells us you can take any one thing from my, my hideout as your reward for helping my business stay afloat. And we go, all right, we're going to take that guy. Uh, and that's 
That's essentially how it goes down. And, and Spider's convinced this is a joke, and he's like, ah, ha, 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 ha. "Okay, okay, like, no, really. okay, okay. I see what you did there. That's funny, but no, seriously, what do you want?" And you're like, "You said anything," and he's like, "Oh, okay. Oh, shit." <laughs> <laughs> so, it, although we don't see it, uh, he does remove the bomb. Uh, or at least it's implied that he removed the bomb. I certainly hope I say we never actually uh, see him do it. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like that whole, uh, it's like the rule in movies. If they die off screen, they didn't really die. Exactly. The bomb didn't get removed on screen. It ain't, didn't it ain't actually happen. Not, not so, canon unless I see it. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, now entering season of the chosen, the whole theme of season of the chosen is that Keitel the uh, daughter of Emperor Callus and the now current Empress of the Cabal, which has come to the soul system uh, with the entirety of the Cabal population uh, because their homeworld has been attacked and decimated by Sivu Arath and the Hive under Sivu Arath. So, so, so... This, this is something that always intrigued me. Throughout all of Destiny, have we ever seen a female cabal leader? We've never seen a female cabal, That's, period. That was going to be I my other half. Like, like if, I, I know that they are very much a, a warmongering type of people. So mm-hmm. what, like, what precedence does this have as, as Keitel as a leader for the cabal? I don't know, and uh, granted, I didn't do much research into Keitel specifically because she's not the subject of this particular episode. Fair enough. Um, I don't remember when we were playing through this season coming across anything that made it seem odd. Like it, it didn't seem like the Cabal cared. Like they didn't. They didn't have about, one way, one feeling, uh, one gender. way or another. They were just like, "This is our commander. I, we bow to her." Yeah. I kind of see them as uh, Spartanistic in that way. Like, doesn't matter who you are or what you are. If you're stronger than the other guy, then guy, girl, you, know, you earn you win, their respect win. kind of thing. Yeah, essentially. Um, I so see, I, I see I'm, a penguin in charge of Cabal now. Until until proven otherwise, I'm going to assume that's that's kind of how they operate. Um, but so Keitel head of the, the Cabal with the entirety of her population fleeing their home planet, uh, which is under attack from Sivu Arath, uh, who we have just pushed back in Season of the Hunt. Right. Um, pushed back her, her uh, high celebrant. kind of scouting forces. Because um, the, the is, last mission, the, the coup de grace, is where we mm-hmm. kill her. We defeat, we the, high defeat the high celebrant specifically, which if we were looking at this in yep. like, a, like a militaristic hierarchy, that would be like her like number one general type thing. Yeah. That's how, that's how I took it at least. So we, we, we've, we've, we've dealt with all these little cryptolith looking things. These that have just corrupted the piss out of everything around them to the point of they, they have no, no will of their own at all, which is an -hmm. interesting thought there uh, as far as like willpower and, and the hive, because, you know, anytime we think of that, or at least anytime I think of that, I think of, of like Oryx and the Taken and and you know the will of oryx the the will of thousands like that there's very much a a you have no will you you are losing your willpower and you are actively serving whether you want to or not type thing um 
the light gives the dark yeah, takes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's, uh, uh, um, yeah. So, so as far, as far as like Zebo wrath and everything, like I, and, and I, I never, I never really made that connection until way after season of the shows and like probably not until maybe a couple of weeks ago that all the events that were happening there were happening live. Like they, yes. they weren't, they yeah. weren't fleeing their home world because it had just like, like it, it, like they were fleeing their homework because they got attacked yesterday because we pushed Zebu Arath back, which mm-hmm. again taking it out of game context and into person player real IRL context, we were doing that to, and I'm going to put this in quotation marks, help Sabathun unknowingly, unknowingly, unknowingly yeah. help Sabathun. Yeah, because Sabathun as Osiris was directly assisting with the efforts of getting rid of the the wrathborn Act, actively the sent system. us on these missions actively said hey there's a wrathborn over here use your lure over here get the, get this lieutenant mm-hmm. out of the way get this get this wrathborn out of the way you know like the, and and us at the time having like and i i i know you you and i myth have have had i'm sure more more in the community have had this um thought for for the longest time that osiris was sabathun and and uh, um, I think at one point in time, like we even, I think we said it in code, like, I think O is S. And everyone was like, quit talking in code. We know what you're talking about. Uh, but yeah, like it's, it's interesting to see like us as the player going, oh my God, like everything, the way he talks, the way he, you know, like I, I won't doubt that again, right? Like it, everything that he has done has made it seem, has made it very obvious that he is Sabathun. To everyone except for people like the crow who just see him yeah. as a dude. Well, and you know, crow has no, you know, we as the player have a point of reference. Ah. We we have met Osiris prior to this. We know what he was like during Curse of Osiris, as well as some of the other little bits that he he had shown up in, um, through the mainly through the lore and whatnot. Uh, I didn't even think of it so like we, that, but yeah, absolutely. We as the player could could identify some of those inconsistencies and be like, "That's not quite how I remember that, him." That seems sucks. Um, yeah, where, where with Crow, like he he only ever yeah, knew him. That's just you know, to, to Crow. That's as just Osiris, him. That's, or as that's his that's his personality. Uh, that's how he is. And it's it's interesting you say that because there's a line that you can uh, one of the idol. Uh, not idle text, but idle uh, lines that Crow says if you're just standing in the helm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll say, uh, the other warlocks in the tower aren't like Osiris. I found that very surprising. Or something along those lines. Interesting. Um, so so even, he has even some Crow of... seems to imply that like Osiris is, doesn't act like the other warlocks. Some sort that of inkling. Something, something, something... And so I'm curious if that's like a if that's like a subconscious thing because of the light or if just interaction in general of him seeing one warlock and trying to compare it to all the other warlocks and saying, OK, well, all the other warlocks are very much like this. And this one guy is not. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, like I, I, I'm making that observation, but I don't quite understand why I'm making that observation. Yeah. And it's very easy for um, Crow, as well as a lot of the other people in the tower, other than maybe Ikora, to also hand wave it away as like he was exiled for yeah. hundreds of years. Like, you know, like not, 
maybe he went a little little You're weird right. out like there like that's just that's, that's just osiris being osiris he just weird 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 kooky dude so um we have not even gotten past the first sentence of my notes. i apologize <laughs> so, I, I, have, I have derailed us no, no. so horribly and, and and this is all good context to know because it, it is important stuff um but generally speaking, so the, the Cabal are here during Season of the Chosen uh, with the intentions of getting militaristic support from the Guardians against the Hive. Uh, the There's some lore on this that we can maybe go further into in a, in a different episode, but essentially, Keitel um, wants to request help, but her general counsel... Uh, which is still very kind of old school cabal um, won't allow her to ask for help from what they consider an inferior species. And so they kind of force her hand into the only way that she can think to get the guardians on their side without conquering them, which she doesn't believe they can do is to challenge them in a way that's going to lead to the same result, which it does in this case, kind of a, a armistice um, with as minimal bloodshed as possible. Right. And which uh, that alone, like, and, and you, I think you put it best as, as saying like, we could cover a whole episode with that. There are so many questions in yeah. that that are like, there's, there's, a there's lot there. a lot there, but um, needless to say, Keitel knew she had to kind of instigate the, the tower and the guardians to get them to, play ball enough to eventually end up in this like stalemate. Sure. Um, and the way she does that uh, and in order to appease her war council is she has a meeting with Zavala and she essentially asks him to hand over yeah. uh, for, for all guardians of the tower to become subservient to the cabal. Um, and needless to say, he refuses. Right. No, uh, <laughs> no, and we end up in this uh, this scenario where Keitel is trying to gather um, members of her her war council, essentially generals, to her her army, uh, and we as the guardians, in order to destabilize the cabal leadership as much as possible, uh, are actively going out and killing all of the candidates for these this generalcy well and uh, and, and i don't think that that's that that's represented very well in game because like in game i always thought of it as like we are challenging ourselves to prove that we are worthy to be to not not necessarily worthy to be a member of the council but worthy to be a equal so the way that I remember it explained is that we are we are uh, we're finding a, a candidate for the war council, a candidate to be a general, and we are in cabal tradition challenging them, saying that you are not worthy of this war council unless you can defeat us. Oh, so it's less of a it's less of a we are trying to prove ourselves. And more of a, we are trying to get to get the cabal to prove themselves. Yes, okay. um, we we are telling the cabal we don't think you are worthy of this war council. Now, under under normal cabal ritual, whoever wins would become the general. Right. 
but we as guardians don't give yeah a we're shit. like nah that's fine <laughs> and, i don't I, and so thanks we're, for the offer, we're continuously no yeah we're continuously beating them and then just not accepting the seat that we won essentially which to me i think um, would create just a huge power vacuum well and that's exactly what it does in a lot of cases uh you know that that's if you don't look at it as the um the the story of destiny as it unfolded in real time and you look at it as it unfolded in game time uh you know technically when you go to a battleground and you beat the general or or the candidate there like in the game universe that only happens once right. that we can play it multiple times because it's a video right. game but in the game universe it only happens once and that's why more and more of them start popping up and that's why oh. more and more of them start taking more drastic measures to try and get some sort of leg up on the competition. That makes sense. And that and that gives us that 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 gives us a video game reason multiple battlegrounds. Whereas like a yes. as, as a story for a storytelling perspective, it's like, hey, now this thing has you you've bested this one, now this other one wants to best you. So yeah. go teach him a lesson type thing. Yeah. Um, and I don't think all of them are explained in that way, but I think generally speaking, that's how it, how it works. Uh, I think you're right. I, I, I think that is how it's. So with all this in mind, that's how season of the chosen worked in general. Um, uh, we start season of the chosen crow has moved into the tower under the instruction of Osiris as his mentor and Saladin, who has been uh, appointed as uh, head of operations. Now, is, for, is um, he actually living in the tower at this point? Uh, it's implied that he is in the tower. I, um, I know, I don't, I know living, I don't think living he, in the tower for a guardian is kind of like a weird thing, because I, I don't know that canonically we need sleep. That's a good point. I don't think I've ever seen a guardian sleep or heard of a guardian. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that we need to sleep. Um, I don't know that we need to eat. I like, I, I, in my head, I know we need to eat because we starved to death because of what happened to the drifter. But like, we don't know canonically what it means for a guardian to not be a in guardian mode. I, you know, well, you know, there's reference of Saint and Osiris living together of them That's having true. a a quarters in the tower um so maybe and and zavala as well had quarters uh had a family at one point in the tower nah, zavala's always um, just had his office zavala zavala's family <laughs> is his work how dare you bring is his work yeah. <laughs> uh yeah we're we'll we'll that's a whole nother thing Number no, here, yeah. So no, so we're, we're uh, Saladin is kind of head of operations for these these battlegrounds and this destabilization of the Cabal military. Um, he's often the one handing us our our missions, where to go, what to do. Um, and Crow, uh, being in the tower, has been instructed by Osiris to wear a mask to prevent his identity from being known when he's out and about and you know, doing things with, with other people of the tower that would otherwise be able to recognize him. And who, and that, that was Osiris, right? That, that implemented that. That was Osiris. 
that instructed him to wear the mask. And knowing now that Osiris is Savathun, at, at this point, the, the instruction of, hey, let's wear a mask just so, you know, we don't have some big riot on our hands. You don't go to Zavala's office and, you know, get, make, a big, make a big scene. for the 17th time this week. Yeah. Now, that made a lot of sense at the time, and it still does to a point. However, knowing that this is all Sabathun telling, telling him to, to wear this mask, part of me wonders if it's not also on some psychological level Savathun trying to already build distrust between Crow and the other Vanguard members uh, and make it seem like Osiris is the only one he can actually trust. Like Osiris is the only one that knows who you are behind the mask and is okay with it. Yeah. I guess I've never looked at it from that that thought of that perspective either. Yeah. I, I, it's one of those things that it could go both ways. Like I could see, I can see the practicality of it and I did see the practicality of it when it was happening in game, but knowing what we know now, looking back on it, it makes me wonder like, was this Sabathun doing some psychological manipulation here and being, you know, you, you can't trust anyone with your face other than me. I think so. I, I absolutely think so now. Like looking, looking at it with this, with this perspective of like, that that is Savathun, because mm-hmm. because we know that Savathun is the the I I I have a hard time calling her a hive god because she isn't a hive god, right? Like she is just the hive sister. The, she she's referred to as a, the god of trickery. Is she the the god of cunning? Yeah. Well, okay. Um, so was was Oryx referred to as the god of knowledge? No, but he was referred to as a as a hive as a god. Hive god. Okay. Uh, yes. Um, I don't think he was ever referred to as the god of knowledge. I don't know that they're ever referred to by their worms' desires. Right. Um, but he was he was referred to as you know the the god of the hive, which which um, to me on the one hand, it's poor Zebra Wrath, right? Like, mm-hmm. like she just. She's just shit. She's just like <laughs> she just that poor poor. I don't know. We'll see. That's we'll true. see. Zivu, right? like, I, like we don't we don't we haven't had anything this season. Like the, as far as like in a and I put this in quotations interaction we have with her. All we've done is is her is her celebrate uh, uh, stuff and and the and the wrathborn stuff and, mm-hmm. and yeah. And outside of that, I mean, you got to her Zivu Arath, uh, presumably herself and her main fleet, did destroy and drive out a very militaristic race of people. That's true. Um, since, since they are directly in, in responsible the cabal, for the Cabal. So, like that's, yeah. So presumably she's got enough power to resist the entire population of the Cabal. Um, that's interesting to think of it that way. So I don't know. We, we may, we may be a little more. Uh, we may be in for a surprise when she actually makes a a full fledged appearance at some point. She may um, be more powerful than we're giving. Or her it could for. be another Corey. Yeah. Which I, I understand. You can't make every 
notable uh enemy in the lore like a raid boss right. you know but i don't know i don't i don't know what they could have done but quaria felt a little lackluster in the i fight. agree uh um, like especially for how much quaria has been played up throughout i mean quaria has been around since before crota like that's you know like yeah. quaria has been like this big like quaria is the one vex that learned how to do the taken which is a paracausal ability and mm-hmm. that in itself is like overly crazy like that like that that is genuinely a crazy thing and and insanely yeah. powerful and for us to have just kind of been like oh yeah she's just a side mission which again thinking of it from the video game side of it i i get it like as as, yeah. a, as a developer and telling a story, you want the, a general player to to have some sort of interaction with this big bad baddie and be like, "Oh my god, I defeated a god!" Like, you want them to feel like they have just defeated a god. But at the same time, like, can we get just a little bit more dramatic with it? Can we, <laughs> please? I know. Uh, I would. I would have loved a cutscene or something yeah. there um, to to cap it off. But I I digress. That's a different season. Um. We're not there yet. <clears throat> so we, we've got our, our band of uh, our, our band of untouchables uh, warriors what? here. What? What? A, yeah. What are? What are the three of them? <laughs> you have, uh, you, have it, you have a guy that's yeah. been that's been disgraced from the tower at least once and been thrown out of the tower, been kicked out of the tower uh, for being a crazy person. Uh, name of Osiris. You have. An undead prince of the reef who went crazy uh, and is now a guardian because Lord knows that won't create any problems. Uh, <laughs> and then you have Saladin, the last of the Iron Lords, the last of the of the warlord era. What militaristic crazy guys like I like. Well, I can't say the last of because obviously we still have Shaft. Not the last like, of. De- definitely the last of the Iron right. Lords. Right, last so. of the Iron Lords, um, but not the last of the of the Risen Era Warlord. Uh, yeah. There's there's a few of those still around. Namely Shax. Um Shax, Drifter. Oh, that's right, Drifter. Uh, Ephrodite, that? although she's a, a pacifist. Um, is she, does she exist still? Zavala she... to a point. Well, she, she did take up arms in the Red War. We have not seen her since then. Interesting. Uh, so sorry again all different jumping topics like Um, crazy that's what we do here (laughs) so we have we have this group uh saladin is usually in charge of sending us out on our missions as the guardian um and our support in those missions is a combination of amanda holiday crow and osiris typically um and when i say support i mean other voices on the comms really supposedly they're doing things but we never actually oh come on uh, their name tag says participant <laughs> they took home a trophy like they did. did uh, uh so, but so needless to say the... they took home a trophy just like everyone else <laughs> that's so bad but i'll allow it because i like it <laughs> the the in-game job the, the in in universe job they're given um, is that Crow is working with Osiris, scouting out the battlegrounds of the Cabal, um, and in particular, this becomes uh, very very important 
when we come across a, a candidate that we fight, uh, you know, that we we fight in the the proving grounds or, or in the battlegrounds um, on Nessus, called Ixel the Far Reaching, who is a scion. I was, I was curious as, as if to all the, and and this this is my curiosity of this peaked more during the the festival of the lost with with the naming of of enemies but i was curious if if, mm-hmm. if all of these entities that we had come across in in the battlegrounds or even even the proving because like the 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 proving grounds strike there are multiple named things because there's an achievement for for killing yeah. all of them what's the significance in all of those so i don't know that all of them have significance um I think some of them are just named enemies okay. to be named enemies. Uh, I did not look into the stories of each of those. Ixel in particular is important though, um, for two reasons. A, because of what Ixel was doing when we, you know, so unceremoniously caved their head in. Also, as we do, um, but also because Ixel was a member of the Scion Council. Ooh. Uh, or, or of the Council, sure. I think. They're just referred to as the Council. Um, and the Council uh, is, as far as we know, made up of Scions or, predomin- or predominantly Scions. And it's kind of a shadow group within the Cabal government. Because the Scions uh, themselves are not Cabal. The Scions themselves are not Cabal. They are a um, kind of annexed race that has lived in servitude to the Cabal forever, essentially. So, so they Um, they are not a Cabal in the sense that that they are not racially born Cabal. No, they are are entirely different species, and and are now Cabal just by sheer nature. Yes. Um, the cabal, if I'm remembering correctly, the cabal essentially, some of their galactic conquests, uh, invaded and, uh, colonized their homeworld and enslaved them essentially. Uh, and it happened so many generations ago at the point in time that we are at, at the game that they are just part of cabal society now. Um, and do they, do they, but I know I, mm-hmm. I am so sorry tonight. Cause I am, we are bringing up <laughs> so many more. I, I don't want to say more interesting things than the crow, because obviously the crow is, is a very interesting subject, but like I've, I've always been intrigued with all these, all these different layers of cabal and, and like, you know, what, what, it, what does it mean to be a scion and, and why does a scion just actively accept being, who they are you know like why why do they accept being subjugated and stuff like that but i i i will leave those for another for another episode i promise we'll we'll do a a cabal episode or something for now Um, say i do think it'd be good to do an episode on each of the races just to give a general history um but yeah so in in this case uh ixel the far-reaching is a particularly important character uh, because of what they were doing on Nessus when we interrupted them. Um, So Crow investigates uh, after we have already come and gone through Nessus and defeated Ixel and finds something a bit alarming. Uh, 
that Ixl had tapped into a Vex, the Vex prediction engines that existed on Nessus, uh, and was running simulations to try to discover a route of guaranteed victory for the Cabal over the Guardians, over the tower. And one of those, uh, I shouldn't say one of the predictions, one of the common themes of many of those predictions, many of those simulated futures where the Cabal wins, uh, was the lack of Zavala. Interesting. Um, And so... Okay, so again... Trying not to derail. Is this the same? Um, <laughs> is this the same prediction engine as uh, um, uh, the Insight Terminus with Oxot and Oxa and Msung Twelve? Presumably, yes, okay. or very similar, uh, because it's. I don't think the same exact location, but pretty close. To okay. It. Um, it's the same Vex network. It's all on right, Nessus. Right, right. So I, I would assume and, so. And I, I, I don't think I'm the only one that, that has this assumption. I feel like the entire Vex network is interconnected from planet to planet to planet to planet. The only ones that are presumably disconnected are the ones in the Black Garden. Yes. And we, we proved that the entire next Vex network is interconnected via Season of the Splicer, essentially. Right. Um. Yeah. That hasn't happened yet. So, which hasn't happened yet in in this telling so far, because um, we keep getting I'm derailed. Sorry, I'm so uh, sorry. <laughs> it's on me this time. That's all. Right. Uh, so, Ixel, Ixel has been running predictions, trying to figure out, hey, how to against the Guardians, and a common thread in all of those predictions is Zavala's not there. Um, it, the the threat which, isn't that they kill Zavala; it's just that Zavala isn't there. Well, presumably, and and it's I don't believe it's seen in the predictions that his death, um, but the the fact that he is missing in any of the timelines that the Cabal make a significant, uh, you know, do significant damage to the Guardians, leads Crow to believe that. Savala is going to become a target. Okay. And so Crow brings this information to um to uh our guardian. Uh, actually, originally he brings this information to Osiris. And we see the interaction in game where he's telling Osiris like what we found on Nessus is bad. We really need to warn somebody. And Osiris Savathun in Osiris's skin is kind of hand waving him away of like yeah, she does. there's billions of predictions in the Vex network. You can never know what's true and what's not. We can't waste resources on, you know, one possible outcome. Which is funny because us as the Guardian could have seen that as him as his interactions with the uh Infinite Forest. With the Infinite Forest. So that exactly. that would that would that would be an easy hand wave of our guardian of going, Oh yeah, that's just Osiris being Osiris like that. That makes sense why yeah. he would make that assumption. Yep. Uh, Crow doesn't believe it though. Crow, Crow doesn't want to just sit on his hands with this. So he actually comes to us, the guardian and we get this interaction with him. 
Crow's eyes are stern. His voice is strained with worry. He tells you he swung by Nessus, stopped by a Vex conflux near where you hit those scions. He was worried and had to ease his mind. Glint tapped into them and managed to dig out a corrupted cabal transmission from the site. It could be nothing, but they traced it back to Europa. Crow would feel better if a friend were to check it out. So that's the text you get when accepting the quest. Interesting. So the Guardian goes to Europa, and you fight through a, a whole little mission scenario. And you discover that there are Cabal Scions on Europa that have developed a prototype of a device capable of disrupting the connection to the light between, uh, for a ghost, between a ghost and its guardian. Holy shit. And we, we, we know as, as the player and uh, hell, even as the guardian in game, that's bad. Like we've experienced that before yes. with the red war when Cabal, when, when Gaul was just like, Nope, you ain't got the light no more. Ha 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 ha. And we were just like, Oh God. So we find a prototype, a portable version of the net uh, Gaul used to uh, encase the traveler during the Red War. And we go, well, this isn't good. This, this is bad. So we bring it back. We bring back this prototype uh, to Crow. And we get this text. Crow offers a restrained fist bump. He mutters affirmation under his breath. He seems impressed by the light disruptor and thankful for your help. But behind his eyes, you can tell his mind is racing over what this could mean. He's glad he spoke up. He thinks something like this could have easily gotten away from us. You see Crow flinch as a literal light bulb flicked on, as if a literal light bulb flicked on in his head. He mentions a report he'd seen. Scions hit the city and stole some tech. Then he'd heard a few guardians hadn't checked in from field ops, and yesterday, one of their bodies was found. No ghost, no light. Dead by what appeared to be nothing more than city weaponry. He thinks whoever these scions are, they've been at this for a while. So... Well, they're act- they're starting active- to put the pieces it, together. He's here. putting the pieces together that the scions are actively testing this tech that they found to yeah. see if there's any, any this, type of viability this, to it. Yeah. This prototype we have found is one of, of at least a number and they've been used on is, guardians successfully. Killing do we them. know where this, where this tech came from? Is this Clovis Bray tech? Is it just Vex tech? Like, do we know anything about it? I can only assume it's cabal born tech. Uh, Cause it's based off of, I, I believe it states somewhere in the quest. I don't have it in front of me, um, but I believe it's based off of the technology that Gaul used. Directly used the off, of the, off of the, okay. Um, and I don't believe he got that from anywhere. I think that was something that they created themselves. Okay. And it, well, we got to remember the, the scions are ridiculously smart. Right. Uh, you know, for for being able to interface with Vex technology directly, like a Vex prediction well, engine, and make it do what they not want. Not even that. Like, like they they are psychically in. They are insanely powerful psychically. They were able to adjust. I say adjust. They were able to change the orbit of Phobos and bring it closer to Mars. 
Yeah. So I mean, scions are no like, joke. Genuinely powerful beings, and which g- kind of blows my mind in the in the sense like, again, trying not to derail, but the fact that they could be subjugated by another race, like. Hmm. Well, and I I just think it's because they um as as strong as they are mentally and telekinetically they do not have any kind of physical strength almost 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 um, that idea of like if, if if i can intelligence my way through a fight i don't need physical strength type thing yes and i i think maybe the cabal just just overran them one by sheer numbers just, just or, said or we win force or yeah um so crow has has put all of these has has put two and two together here and realizes that this is you know this is this is potentially very oh, absolutely um the scions have anti-light uh equipment yeah. uh, anti-light that's, weaponry that's that's um, that that is i mean when I think of threats to the guardian or, or threats to the traveler or threats to the ghost or threats to humanity, that's, that's the number one thing there. Like everything else is like, Oh yeah, who cares? We have the light. We'll just res, you know, but as yeah. soon as, as soon as a threat comes to the light itself and it's like, okay, we might need to deal with this. Yeah. So, uh, he brings this information to Saladin. Um, and Saladin directs Crow to continue looking into the futures that Ixel uh, was was predicting on Nessus. Um, and it's it's at this point that he finds a future that does include the assassination of Zavala. Uh, he brings this information again to Osiris, and Osiris tells him that it's it's not worth. You know, Zavala is Zavala. He's in the city. No one's going to get to him. And even if they did, he would take him out before they do any. Very, again, very hand wave away. Like, this isn't something to be worried about. Um, Crow, again, doesn't feel right about it. And so he decides to secretly tail and make himself Zavala's bodyguard, essentially. Uh, any moment that he has to spare, he's following Zavala to try and keep an eye out. For In secret. In secret. In the shadows. Um, and it's a good thing, too. Because uh, on a trip through the gardens at night, Zavala is kind of lost in his thoughts with his, his ghost with him looking out over the city and uh, a scion assassin with an anti-light or a light disruptor, I think they call it, um, is in the, uh, in the bushes nearby and is about to fire on Zavala. And Zavala is saved only by a warning shout from Crow. Uh, however, this is done in a moment where Crow does not have his mask on. And so to Zavala's point of view, he has just seen the ghost of Aldrin Sov, uh, and that ghost 
with that warning shout has given him just enough notice to survive an assassination attempt. Um, the, the light disruptor <laughs> shot misses and Zavala uh, kills the scion in question. And Crow, when he, go, when he turns back to where Aldrin was, you know, the ghost of Aldrin was, um, you know, he's gone. He's disappeared. He's, Crow has run off, uh, knowing that he's, he was seen briefly. And Zavala doesn't really know what to think of the situation. He's, he's very like, am I going crazy? Yeah. Like, what did I just oh, do? Yeah. Um, and what, you know, if it was aldrin like why would he save me like all these thoughts are going through his head uh and <clears throat> what i found interesting about this it seems rather obvious now the all of the excuses that osiris was making um Sabathun, as osiris was making i think were with the intention of getting zavala assassinated yeah. Of, of letting the assassination play Absolutely. out. So needless to say, when Crow comes back to Osiris and explains the events that have Kind of like a see, I told you so. It's um, scenario. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, needless to say, Osiris doesn't really focus on the fact at all that he just saves Zavala. He focuses more on the fact that he was seen without his mask. Yep. And he makes that a big deal i uh, like you know you could have you know you could have caused so many problems if somebody else had seen you or if you had been seen for longer than just a brief moment uh again kind of hammering home that whole like they don't want you you need to hide yourself kind I, of I, mentality. I am your savior i am the only one that can that can be here for you yeah yeah um but as a Osiris eventually ends up making kind of a, a decision that seems to be counter to this argument by assigning him, uh, assigning Crow with his mask on to be Zavala's actual bodyguard. Like, uh, all right, in his, you want to guard him? You guard him then. Yeah. So in his attendant, in Zavala's attendances with the Cabal, um, as well as just everywhere, you know, Crow is now his assigned bodyguard. I uh, and Which, my initial thought. Like, okay, well, real quick, to, to me, like mm -hmm. in, in exile, Osiris has has. Th this is where like I I start having an issue with the NPCs themselves. Like, an exile has come to Zavala and said, "Hey." I'm appointing this as your personal bodyguard. Zavala, the head of the vanguard, just had an exile basically tell him what to do, and he just kind of like, all right, that's fine. Well, so let's add some context here. Um, because there is some additional context in the, the lore of the game. Uh, Zavala and Ikora and everyone are operating under the assumption that uh, A, this is an Osiris that has lost Sagira and is seeking purpose okay. in 
his his jobs that he's been given as part of this campaign. No longer being connected to the light. Uh, he's he's got to try to find something that he's trying to find something to hold something on other to. than my name text uh, as participant. Yes. <laughs> they're they're also we as the player are viewing this as Osiris or or Osiris acting weird at this point. Um but the the NPCs of the game in the game universe are seeing this as the previous Van Warlock Vanguard, who has hundreds, if not thousands of years of experience. Because of all this time who in the is, forest. Yep. Who is uh trusted implicitly by Saint 14 and is the you know is the lover of Saint 14. Right. Um like he has a lot of credentials to back it sure. up. Sure. And I I could see from Zavala's point of view, um part of it being okay, I'll humor you this extra, you know, protection, especially in light of an assassination attempt. Like maybe it makes sense to have a little extra protection. Sure. Um and also seeing this as a like, you know, this very veteran light bearer or, or used to be light bearer is advising me that I want, I should have someone to watch my back. Is we, do we know the, the, I know it's hard to, to, to say, you know, what's the age of whatever. Do we know if Zavala has been, well, yeah, cause he helped build the city. He had to have been around. He helped build the city. Zavala was Saladin's, first and only question mark apprentice so he has been around pre-city okay. during the time of the iron Lords. good hot second yep <clears throat> um so but i i wonder if this assignment as a bodyguard isn't another play by savathun uh, hoping that the ma- that crow will be demasked at some point and Zavala will react negatively uh, and turn against crow just further driving that wedge between crow and and the vanguard that's an interesting way to think of it too like like what is Sabathun's game in all this like I still right. don't think we have a true understanding of what her game is. Not a hundred percent. Just because she is the queen of fuckery. Yes. Sorry. Tom yes. Fuckery. That slap that on the tombstone. I am the queen of Tom fuckery. <laughs> I, I want that to be canon now. Like just. I Sa- Sound, sounds canon. I, to me. Sabathun, we'll queen see of what the witch says. I like that. <laughs> uh, so, needless to say, as Zavala's bodyguard. Um, he goes with Zavala to the meeting with Keitel to establish an armistice with the Cabal. Um, by, a, by this point, we, we, we as the Guardian have pretty much knocked down every challenger yes. that has come up to say, you know, I, I, will, I will be on the War Council. I, I will be the, the personal advisor to Keitel. And... and yep. Now it's now it's to a point of like okay now we need to just have an actual what what would you call it? I, I use the the word armistice and I and I like that definition of it. it is is this what we're looking at it as like just a just kind of like a general ceasefire? 
Yes. Um, I, I think it, it's just the enemy, you know, enemy of my enemy kind of scenario. Sure. Um, although honestly, I think it could become more than that. Uh, Keitel is not an unreasonable leader right. and sees the value in being allied with you know, a strong force such as the Guardians. Because we've we've um, clearly kicked their ass left and right. Their ass yeah. wall as, as a general. And like we've killed gods. We like we as the Guardian are pretty freaking powerful. And yes. And I think for Keitel to recognize that I think A says a lot about her as as a as a cabal to, to recognize another what used to be thought of as an inferior race as now almost an equal, um, mm-hmm. if not as an equal, <laughs> you know, like that's, no, that's I, deal. I, uh, no, absolutely. I think the biggest part, uh, the biggest hurdle for her to get over with truly allying with, uh, with the guardians is not necessarily on the guardian side of things, but her, you know, old and begrudged cabal that Edition. don't want to uh don't want to admit that you know there's something else out there that's potentially more powerful tradition. she she is acting exactly tradition yes absolutely uh and that's and, and, and as, a, as as a like tradition is is a is like that it, you can't fight an idea like that. That's that's a genuinely hard thing to fight. And I like fighting a person. That's easy. You know, they're there. You're here. Great plan. Mm-hmm. Fighting an idea is a genuinely hard thing, and and I think that that speaks a lot to Keitel as well. To to be able to say, hey, we're wrong. Like we need a we need help because our homeworld is gone. Like is it's devastated. We need help, and this is the only other force in the universe that I can think of to ask because it's the only other force in the universe that has come against us and has, for all intents and purposes, beaten us and won against mm-hmm. us in multiple scenarios. Like they've beaten us in Mars. They've beaten us. You know, when we've we've gone into their Gaul has gone into their own territory, and and they we we got stomped on. With with them not even having access to the light, or like we thought they had no access to the light, but I mean, one of them had access right, to the light. Like that's like, you know, as far as like an invading force, like that's that should have been an easy win, and it was still a loss. And so I think for Keitel to be able to recognize that, boy, this is absolutely turning more into a Keitel episode than a than a. <laughs> I, that's that's on me because I'm just I'm super fascinated with this now. Like I I've. I knew all these little nuances were there, but you know, like when you, when you play it as the active season, you, you, you or mm-hmm. as the active game, even like it there, you miss so much. Like you're, 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 just, you're playing the game to play the game. And, and like, you get all these little things, these little instances of like, Oh my God, did he just say that? Ah, and you freak out. And, and, but then when you can go back and reflect on it like this, like there's so much more. to yeah. it. There's a lot of nuance there. Um, so I would not be surprised if we see the cabal kind of, the cabal under Keitel at least to go through a bit of a renaissance and become true allies or at least non-aggressors for the tower. Um, I have some thoughts on that as well. 
and that will be part of our bonus episode tonight. Okay. So, uh, but all this starts with a, an armistice with a ceasefire um, between the Zavala and the Guardians under him and Keitel and the Cabal under her. And that's an important distinction. Keitel leads everything, all of the Cabal that identifies being under the Cabal Empire. The way they kind of explain the fact that there's still Cabal out there that we fight and kill as Guardians is that those are Cabal that are loyalists to Callus yeah. or are loyalists to Gaul or have just become mercenaries. Just, just flat out just don't care anymore. Yep, they don't align with Keitel for whatever Ooh, reason. As we and know, canonically, they all sound like British mercenaries. <laughs> this is true. There's, there is a lore card that gives them a very distinct accent. And I did it no uh, justice, and I refuse to do it no justice <laughs> again. Okay, one quick justice. Boy, you dare! What the hell are you doing over there? All right. That's it. My impressions for the night. I love that that's canon. That's totally canon. Um, I love it. So at this meeting, as one would expect, um, a, another attempt, attempt is made on Zavala's life, uh, where his ghost is hit by the light disruptor net uh, thing. And Zavala is disconnected from the light and the scion that is proceeding um, over the kind of armistice ceremony uh, takes the opportunity to try to strike Zavala down. Because this, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, this is the scene where um, it, it's, it's a very ceremonious scene. It's, it's very much like um, yeah. uh, uh the scion has just had handed the, there's like a ceremonious blade. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of it, but, uh, um, and maybe it doesn't have a name, but uh, there's a ceremonious blade where the, the scion picks it up and hands it to Keitel and, and, and she grips, grips it by the blade portion and, and spills blood and, and says, let this be the last blood spilt uh, today. Mm -hmm. And then the, the, the knife is being, she, she puts the knife back in the hands of the, of the scion and it's being carried over to Zavala for him to basically do the same thing and to kind of have like this, this mutual, like, okay, yeah, let's, this, this is it. This is the end of the, this, this is our official ceasefire type thing. And that's when the, that's when the, the, um, that's when the other scion in the, in the shadows hits his ghost because his ghost is out and, and, and he hits the ghost with the, with the light disruptor and the whole thing kind of goes to shit. Yep. Uh, so Zavala Lightless is being um, bared down on by this the scion wielding what is essentially a sword, given its size. Uh, and Crow ends up doing his job as the bodyguard, jumps Zavala, and takes the blow from the sword, um, which uh, then gives Keitel the ability to run up and uh, literally break the back of the love the in question. Move she does she literally just grabs it and is like snap you're dead <laughs> bye-bye um, that, that gives more of a a um more of more of a an a realistic idea of how they were able to over overthrow an entire like like subjugate an entire 
species of, of, mm-hmm. of scions into their control. Like if they are literally just that, I, I don't want to call them that weak, but if they, they, if they are that physically not strong, you know, like that's like, okay. Compared to the cabal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the scion that was in the shadow shot, the light disruptor escapes Keitel, you know, essentially pleads her case that this was not me. You know, this was not something I, I wanted done. Uh, I will find who did this and, and we will, you know, route them out. Uh, the, the group that did this in this case is that scion council I was speaking about, um, that shadow group within the, the cabal government. And this, like, um, like this, is all completely just scions acting on their own, right? Like this. Are, do do we know anything about this shadow group other than they're just they like? Are they trying to? Are they trying to create a coup? Like, are, like what is what is their ultimate goal? Do we know? Uh, we can probably infer. I don't have a lot of the information about the council in front of me. I do know there is info out there, though. Okay. Um, so there's, there's definitely more to them than what we have told thus far, uh, including potentially their, their motivation. And thus um, began the trailing of every single, I think generally speaking about the cabal to a minimum. Cause I, I, I truly like, I, I used to think that like, I, I've always tried to figure out like, you know, there's, there's always any time I've, I've played a bad game, a, a bad guy. Uh, anytime I've played a video game, there's always been like a, a bad guy race that I've always identified with, and and for the longest time it was the Taken, just because they are just genuinely freaky things. Like they are freaky things. You you identify with freaky things? Is Maybe that, you... that probably says something about me. But <laughs> I don't even care now. Uh, but that is now canon that I identify with freaky things. Um, but no, I've, I always identified with the Taken cause I like, that was the, that was what got me into playing. That was what truly got me into destiny. Like I, I started with the Taken King and all that. And so like, it was my mm-hmm. first type of enemy that was like, Oh my God, this is, this is freaky. Like I've, I've got to deal with this. Like this is like everything else is like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a fallen. That's a cabal. That's a vet. Who cares? And it, it's weird too. Cause like everyone always asked me like, you know, since I always, I, I, I love time travel stuff. And so why, why didn't I identify with the Vex? And and like from an engineering standpoint, an electro- electronic standpoint, like everything about the Vex should intrigue me, but it, it doesn't. There's something about the Taken that always has. I feel like the Vex are a little too alien. Yeah, you know, like they're they're a little they're they're so far removed from our normal concepts that it's hard to get a grasp on them right um which to some people makes them more interesting and to others makes it harder to get into their their whole thing but like now um, but now like the, the more i learn about the cabal and the scions like i i want to know more about the scions like what mm-hmm. what the hell happened to them like what yeah that's a whole episode no <laughs> i refuse I, yeah I that refuse info is definitely out there <laughs> but that's a whole other episode um so uh essentially crow saves zavala uh crow you know removes the the netting from zavala's ghost zavala is restored in the light uh all is all is well except as luck would have it that sword blow cleaved crow's mask right in half and off his face um and 
now when he he turns comes forward and asks you know are, are you okay and crow turns to face him now you know with without the mask for the first time uh and says you know i'll i'll live no no uh, no 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 there's this specific no. wording he uses there and it's he says i'm, I'm alive. alive and that was that was such a like what the fuck moment like <laughs> if you could have chosen any set of words in that circumstance and those were the words you used there could not have been a more uh I, yeah D- double like, meaning i guess mwah, to the to the bungee staff and bungee writers of yeah god you big brilliant beautiful bastards like i love all of you now <laughs> And in a uh, very poetic, uh, com- what what would this be? Juxtapose, yeah. Uh, scene. We have Zavala in kind of in in the same moment as seeing who Crow actually is, also uh, seemingly coming to peace and coming to terms with it, and offering him a hand off the ground uh, in the same exact framed uh the the framing of the shot is exactly the same as the the framing of when aldrin uh killed cade literally literally the exact same with with aldrin standing over cade's body now it's zavala standing over aldrin's body it's it's (laughs) it's yes it is it's so perfect like i i it, yeah, no words. I, I, they couldn't have done no it. No words. They could not have done it better. Um, so we get a little. We get a little bit of information. A little interaction with Crow after this scene, back at the helm, uh, after the you know the ceasefire has been ratified and, and things are starting to return to normal. Uh, we get this information from the quest text. Despite an initial unease, Crow seems pleased with Zavala's acceptance of him and his redeployment. He expresses that he feels a personal responsibility to track down any of the Scion actors that remain at large. He chuckles, looking at his broken mask. He mumbles something about a vendetta, wry smile on his face. Crow wishes you the best, thanks you for all you've done for him. For the many doors you've opened and the life you, Osiris, and Glint showed him he could have. He's confident you'll see each other soon. And it's, it's important so to the, note here, Zavala, who actively knows who he is, literally everyone in the universe knows who mm-hmm. the person is. Or at least who he was. That's, that's, a, that's, who he was. that's a better way to put it right now. is Because as we've discussed before, once once you rise as a ghost like all your memories are gone and and the the core driving force of who you are is still there but the person is is gone like all all i don't want to say all personalities of that former person is gone because like there's still some subtle nuances here and there no yeah it's 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 very much like you are you are another being now like you are no longer that person and so Zavala never never reveals to him 
who he is. No, nobody right? does. Like up, up till this point, um, nobody has revealed to him who he is. Like it is very much a secret no. to him. He he knows he must have done something bad only because of the interactions that other life bearers have, have had with him. Yep, and that's all the info he has. We know and, he uh, Amanda. Um, yep, but who doesn't? Because let's face it, she is literally the most badass human being in the entire Destiny universe. Fight me on this. So I I have a theory for Amanda that we can save for um, this episode. We have, um, we have more more bonus content. <laughs> all the wait, bonus. Wait, uh, only fans bonus content. It is not that Damn kind it. of bonus. No. <laughs> There, there's a subreddit there's for that, I'm sure. There's definitely a subreddit uh, for that, and we will stay away from that for now. For now. Yes. <laughs> but, so this this is technically the end of the Season of the Chosen quest content, yep. the, uh, and the end of Season of the Chosen as far as it involves crew. Pretty much, yeah. Um, that, like, I remember that happening at like week seven or eight, which is usually about the yeah. time where, where Bungie is like, okay, we've revealed the story to you for this season, We've got a few extra little like challenges for you throughout the season, yeah. but for most part, for anyone who who who, and and I love the way that they do the format now of like, hey, if you didn't get a chance to play it, get caught up, you know, take your time with it, play. It. Yeah, they give that couple weeks, like four to yep. six weeks, for everyone to. Catch and so up. for 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 those of us that are that are, as 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 I would like to put it, no lifers uh, like myself, <laughs> who have played through this, we now have a nice little break. Of of just enjoying the the, the mm-hmm. rest of the season um, up until Splicer starts. And do you remember if there was an epilogue for uh, for Chosen? Not that I recall. I don't think there was because I I think I don't think there was. I think either. the the epilogue for uh, Season of the Hunt was the. The whole like, hey, I want him. Okay, get the hell out of my hovel. Yeah, essentially. And because I remember that happening pretty late in the season, but I also because I, I also look at that as the season that launched with the expansion. And so any of any yeah, of those so seasons, kinda... I know are going to be slightly, um, I don't want to say lesser because that that makes it sound like like nobody put effort into the season of of uh, especially on the development team of Bungie side. Yeah. <laughs> They didn't have as many resources dedicated. Right. I think that's more what it is. Um, I think it is more of a, uh, um, they, the expansion is the big new shiny and that's what they want people to, to recognize and see and play and do and, and have fun with. And then the, they know that there's a season to go along with it, but a majority of players are going to be involved with the expansion over the season. So that yeah. being a, a, I'm going to put this in quotations cause I don't, I don't think of it as this way. But for it to be a lesser season um, didn't surprise me. And then for, for yeah. the Cabal season, the Cabal season was one that, like, at the time, I was like, why the hell are we doing? But then now knowing, like, I don't know why I didn't see this at the time that, like, Zevo Wrath was actively attacking him. Now I fully understand why that season was happening. Mm-hmm. So, um, so although this is the end of the season as we knew it at the time, uh, like I was saying before, there are some item descriptions that fit in at this point in the season that I wanted to read off uh, that give some uh, really interesting insight into the interactions between Crow and Saladin specifically, yeah. as well as kind of Saladin's headspace. Okay. Uh, 
because you know we we didn't touch on it, but during the season, during the battleground fights, there's little um you know interactions between Crow and and Saladin or or Osiris and Saladin or Crow and Amanda or, or any combination of NPCs. Uh and Crow and Saladin very much do not get along. Um it's very much implied Saladin's kind of the grizzled the only good cabal is a dead cabal. Uh and Crow is much more compassionate, is much more like, what are, you know, how would we feel if we were in their shoes kind of, kind of, uh, you know, dialogues. Um, and at, at first glance, from those interactions, it seems like, you know, a Saladin just kind of comes off as an ass. Uh, but... There's a little more to it than that. And we see this in the Iron Forerunner set. And in this set, it actually shows that Saladin, in my opinion, starts to see a lot of himself, as well as other Iron Lords in Crow, and how Crow interacts with uh, the, the different situations that he's put in during Season of the Chosen. So from the Iron, For- Iron Forerunner Helm, Saladin remembers deaths 3 through 65, but does not dwell on them. Instead, he regrets the thousands of hours of sleep lost to nightmares, and how much less vibrant his recollection of that period in his life is compared to his noble centuries spent as an Iron Lord. Saladin remembers the day he stopped counting deaths. Something about you is different, Jolder had said and put her hand on his. Saladin remembers all this, and more when he looks at Crow. He feels rage form a hot pit in his belly when Osiris tells him about the young lightbearer's suffering at the hands of fellow guardians. Osiris asks him if he can keep it a secret. I don't like secrets, Saladin says, and that's the end of it. So... This is the, and this was there in for Forerunner Helm, and it's kind of Saladin reminiscing on all of his own hardships, and when he kind of reached the point of apathy towards his own death. It just that um, that to me is such a powerful, like, and yeah, where where he stopped counting. Like, well, first know. off, the the to me like the thought of like did the risen keep track of their their deaths for any reason or or was it just him saladin that 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 was doing this just for whatever you know like that's yeah mm-hmm. there's there's so many but, so many things that could be that could be looked at with that that counting of deaths and and for him to associate his sufferings as a a risen and coming to terms with that um, and seeing similar hardship uh, at the hands of other light bearers, probably similarly to how Saladin died at the hands of other light bearer warlords and risen. Oh, sure. Um, in, in Crow and Crow's, you know, uh, interactions with other guardians previous to this, I, uh, you know he he has he has sympathy and he feels anger 
towards the the things that crow was put through um and i do i do like the little nod uh that osiris asks him if he can keep it a secret i don't like secrets saladin says and that's the end of it uh so i i wonder if this information was originally divulged by osiris who is sabathun Uh, with the intention of using it to manipulate Saladin in some way. Could be. And Saladin just shut that shit yep. down. Like, nah. <laughs> nah, I'm good. I'm good. Don't need that shit in my life. Uh, which I, I think is because that comes up again in, in Season of the Splicer. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, uh, continuing, the Iron Four Gloves. Saladin remembers burying bodies by the dozens he remembers being thankful that the ground had thawed early that year so they wouldn't have to burn them. Fires brought light and smoke, and light and smoke brought fallen raiders. Fallen raiders brought more bodies. It's a vicious cycle, Ephrodite had said as she tied off a funeral shroud with great care. Saladin remembers the bundle being very small. One day I'm going to break it. Saladin remembers how easily the body had fit in his arms, how light it felt as he laid it in the grave. He remembers with shame, pretending not to hear Ephrodite's words so that he wouldn't have to respond to them. He remembers not having anything kind to say. Saladin remembers this and more whenever Crow talks back to him. Sometimes he bites down on the inside of his cheek. Sometimes he looks up to find his ghost focused on him with a knowing look. He doesn't say anything to his ghost either. Wow. To live with that so there, level there's a lot of to guilt unpack that, there. That, that level of, I, I don't want to say that level of guilt because it, 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 it's hard to classify that as guilt, but to, to live with all those years, like I, I truly think that, that the warlords and and iron lords and all of like all of them the the original risen like for any of them to be around now is they had to go through a lot that of is shit. a lot of shit so like it it brings a lot more to even even drifter story of 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 just like do light dark don't matter get your mm-hmm. cash your chips where you can type thing like so, and I, I think um, it, my interpretation of this, this section is Saladin seeing a, a optimism or a want to break this, this cycle of violence uh, in Crow that he also saw in Ephrodite. Yep. Um, now she, she is and, like she was the one that, that we saw sealing the chamber in the Siva chamber, right? No, that was Saladin. No, no, no. Ephrodite's still alive. Ephrodite is still alive. alive. Who is the one on the inside of the Siva chamber? Yolder or Jolder. That set off the bomb. Um, that, that, okay. Yes. Who was, by all accounts I can find, Saladin. Uh, really? Yes. Or, or at least that's what is implied by what I have found. Okay. Um, I'm finding a lot more relations happening, and and I say finding more happening. I I I think I am seeing them more now that I know that they exist, type thing, which is neither mm-hmm. a good nor a bad thing. It's just more of an interesting thing. Like, huh? Okay. 
it brings a little more color to the destiny universe um that and i think brings a little know, more realism to it right like even even a though we're more humanity yeah even though we're fighting for the for the end of time like like we're still human we still we, we still have desires we still have wants we still have you know yeah they're they're not emotionless yeah. uh you know despite our guardian being a mute you know death dealer uh hey we've talked three times now this is true this is true so mostly mute i should say um, the only time we cared to talk was when Cade died yep and to but be fair, uh, it was well and and when we wanted crow oh that's right that's right Oh, so Crow's the only um, one no, that's so ever heard I, us talk. Oh man! No, I'm, we obviously well, we talked no. in front of my core and and Zavala. And Zavala. Yeah. Uh, but no, so I, I, I this entry in particular, I see Saladin seeing the same optimism, seeing the same wanting to to buck the system in Crow that he saw in FRD. and I think his initial response to it is just cynicism is after having seen so much death for so many years, he can't believe that it's ever going to happen. Like, like like what's Um, like, what's the point type thing? Yeah. Like, you know, you like, it's, it's a dream to have kind of, kind of thing. Um, so say the iron forerunner chest then is next says Saladin remembers losing his connection to the light. He remembers thinking that the traveler must have discovered his most secret doubts, the darkest thoughts he shared with no one, not even his ghost. He remembers the strange sense of relief that had washed over him until his radio crackled to life just moments later. He remembers hearing a voice broadcast to the world that the last city had fallen to the cabal, but he could not tell whose voice it was, only that it wasn't Zavala's. Saladin, his ghost had said again, and Saladin remembers moving. He remembers clutching his radio and rallying survivors, those strong enough to make the journey to the Iron Temple. Saladin remembers all of this and more whenever the crow challenges him on his cowardice during the Red War. He wants to break the young guardian's back to teach him a lesson about what it's like to feel helpless, but something stops him. He remembers hearing stories about the crow's life on the shore before he arrived at the tower and does not raise a hand against him. Holy shit. So we, we all wondered or, or, you know, it it was kind of a meme for a while that like, where was the iron Lord, the red war? Like, where was this big bad? So it seems that he was gathering survivors he was rallying people to the iron temple um and you know didn't want to leave them there you know un- undefended uh and it also seems like you know he has a lot of a lot of demons oh yeah which we kind of already knew but the fact that he thought his initial thought when he lost his connection to the light was that the traveler had discovered his inner thoughts and deemed him unworthy and that he was relieved about that. Uh, that says a lot right oh, there. Absolutely. Like to, to be 
for your initial response to loss of your superpowers and immortality to be relief, to be like you've you've put a burden down. Um that's pretty intense. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh you know, so he he wants to to teach Crow a lesson about, you know, how how he was, you know, what what it would actually be like to be helpless and that he was doing all these things, but again, he doesn't want to add on to the suffering he knows Crow has already gone through. Right. Um and so he just chooses not to say anything. Which is, which is uh, like the fact that the fact that the reports of what has happened to Crow has started to make it out to the Guardian Network. It, it well, it's made it out to Saladin through Osiris, not necessarily oh. to the Guardian Network as a whole. Osiris told Saladin about it, um, and we know that uh, based on these entries, we know Bala also knows. Gotcha. Uh, okay, but I don't. I don't think, generally speaking, people know. Okay. Uh, so we'll continue with the Iron Forerunner boots. Saladin remembers the simple pleasure of sharing a meal with his friends. He remembers Radagast hanging the deer upside down by its hind legs and how swiftly Perun used her knife to skin it. He remembers Jolder tending the fire with wood cut by her favorite axe, a mighty thing fashioned from steel and embellished with engravings of laughing wolves. It had been a gift from a blacksmith whose son, Jolder, effortlessly plucked out of a frozen river several winters before. He remembers Radagast asking him to sing the song taught to them by the people of the blacksmith's village, but, ab- but agreeing only when Jolder and Perun promised to join in. Their voices rose like wolves in the night and were so raw by morning that none of them could speak. Saladin remembers all of this and more when Zavala tells him Amanda has taken the crow out to drink in the city streets. He wonders what song they'll sing. If it's anything like the one he's heard everyone humming lately, even though he hasn't tried it himself. Yeah. God damn it. Uh oh. Oh. You you broke up for just a bit. Sorry, there. I just um <laughs> the song that everyone's singing. Uh-huh. God damn it. Uh so th- this is I don't know that it's anything significant. This just is that, you know, Amanda has taken Crow out into the city for drinks. Um, as we, as she offered, uh, in, in some dialogue during the season. Um, and also just confirming Sabathun's song has infected the entirety. of Literally everyone. Uh, now I don't know if it's implying here, um, that, Saladin is not infected yet because it says uh, if it's anything like the one he's heard everyone humming lately, even though he hasn't tried it himself. Now, if I recall, I believe just hearing the song is all that it takes. Interesting. Um, Now, even if you haven't sung it yourself. Okay, so there is one thing 
we know that when uh, Zavala or uh, Shax, when Shax has interaction with it, uh, yes. it is very much that uh, it is sung to him and he starts singing it back. Yes. So that that could be a that could be it needs to be both kind right of thing. it could need it might need to be a two-way street like now again we also look at things like the day aside shotgun where it's literally embedded in the yeah. code of the city like it and 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 how else how else could it have been like it's it's the thought of does Savathun herself have to start the song or can it just be heard and therefore then repeated and now therefore it is a like a like a perpetual motion type thing like once it starts it cannot so, stop i am of the mindset and it's actually because of a, a lore piece i found as i was doing research for this episode i don't know if i've included that particular lore piece here or not because i don't think it was relevant to crow specifically um but mithrax mentions that now that after the season of the splicer after the the endless that the general sense of paranoia and distrust that was happening within the city during the endless night has kind of dissipated so that makes me wonder was it the fact that everyone knew Sabathun's song and was seemingly actively humming it and singing it and whatnot um giving her that little bit of control of the crowd psyche um leaning them more towards paranoia paranoia and distrust uh or is it just everyone was starved of sunlight and that all are symptoms of being just starved being, of sunlight well and and we can see that as as evidence of of the pandemic Lots yes. of people are having genuine, genuine, that's a word, uh, genuine mental uh, health issues throughout the pandemic because of not having interactions with other people, for, because of being stuck alone and, and, and inside and not being able to go outside. So, again, that could be, that could be either a, a human psyche thing or that could be a Sabbathoon thing. Like, we don't, we don't, have, a, we don't yeah. have a direct... Um, uh, we, we don't have we, we can't say definitively one way or another yeah yeah we can guess but that's yep. about it um, so finish up here with the Iron Forerunner class item uh, this one uh, lends maybe some some hope for the future of Crow and Saladin uh, maybe getting along so <clears throat> Saladin remembers the first time he met Zavala he remembers thinking that the Awoken had regal bearing like the stags he had once hunted on the steppes. His shoulders were broad and his chin held high. When he moved, he did so with strength and purposeful deliberation of someone with the power to determine his own place in the world. You'll never have a son, his ghost had said, but it is not too late for you to take an apprentice. Saladin remembers their sparring matches. He remembers how Zavala always got back on his feet no matter how many times Saladin put him down. He remembers refusing to offer the younger Lightbearer a hand up until the day Zavala had finally bested him. Saladin remembers all of this and more 
when his former apprentice calls him into his office and tells him about the face behind the crow's mask. Zavala says he knows that Saladin doesn't like secrets, that it's unfair to ask him to keep one of this magnitude, but there will come a time when the crow needs someone, the same way Zavala had needed Saladin. Holy cow. So, Saladin Holy knows who, who Crow is, has known who Crow is, or, or who Crow was, I should say. Uh, and Zavala has essentially asked him to uh, consider for the day when, when it seems needed to maybe take Crow as another apprentice is, is kind of the, what I took from yeah. that. Um, or, or at least to look after him in, in a similar yeah. way. Um, so that's that's the end of those entries. Uh, but I, I think it lends a very uh, important look into kind of the relationship between those characters and how Saladin may play a bigger part in the story um, as things unfold unfold here especially given the events of season of the lost. Holy cow. So that then leads us into season of the splicer. Um, I'm going to go over the season very, very without any, I was trying to say it's without any off track. I, I, I mean, as far as season of the splicer, they, they, I, I feel like I could breeze through it pretty quickly myself like there there really isn't much to do with crow in season splicer is there there are three entries to do with crow that i think are important. okay That's let's it. grab those three entries um, real quick since i know we're we're i don't want to say we're running low on time since we started a little late but let's grab those three entries real quick and then we'll do a quick rundown of, of splicer and we'll go into lost yep so um splicer in general uh city is stuck in a vex simulation it is in an endless night is always nighttime in the city for months on on end at this point um, throughout the season. And the Elixni, uh, the House of Light under Mithrax, has actually moved into the city. Uh, Mithrax is assisting the Guardian with splicing into the Vex network to try and undo this endless night is, is the situation we're in. There's a lot of unrest between the citizens of the city and the Elixni, just by nature of humans and fallen being enemies up till now, as well as uh, Lakshmi 12 kind of stirring Lash, the... Lakshmi 2, excuse me. Uh, stirring the the pot of uh, racial discrimination um, and against the, the Elixney. So uh, the bits that I think are relevant here... Um, mostly come from beneath the endless night the lore book uh specifically beneath the endless night number three gifts from the shore i'm not going to read this in its entirety uh, i'm just going to give a rundown of it essentially the elixni uh, that work for spider or that are liaisoning uh for spider uh show up with a bunch of goods that came from the shore uh for the Elixni now living in the city. And um, they 
uh, one of the the crates cracks open, and Saint and Amanda are there when this, and they're kind of looking through all of this stuff, and don't understand why it why all of these things that are seemingly very valuable are just being sent as donations to the Elixir people. Uh, <clears throat> So um, this is later in the lore card, but as they're investigating this stuff, uh, Amanda says, the hell is Spider playing at? She called out to the Elixni, are all of the crates like this? Yes, each one is very full, full of delights from our culture, from our home. We are very thanks. He cocked his head and clicked. Thankful? Amanda nodded. Let me see the manifest, she said, taking the papers from the Elixni. He nodded and rejoined the other workers. They will still need many of our resources to stay here, Saint said, as he carefully resealed the crate. But it will make things easier. I'm surprised Spider is so generous, even to his own people. Amanda frowned at the manifest. Doesn't make any sense, she said. There's a note at the top. It says, don't know what half this stuff is, but it's got to be good if Spider's had it. It's all written by hand. And there aren't any values for anything on here. Saint looked at the paper over Amanda's shoulder. The crates came from Spider's storehouse, he said. If he did not send them, who did? Look at the listings, Amanda continued. This item says best osmosis filters hidden in the bottom drawer. This item is just a row of question marks. This one's listed as a clock thing. This a noisy cube smells bad, but everybody likes it. And what's with the signature? Amanda squints at the shape scrawled at the bottom of the form. It's a ship, she guessed. The Titan turned his head as he looked at the drawing. Aha, he cried, slapping the paper with the back of his hand. Look, is Bird. Amanda looked again at the uneven chart and could just make out a wobbly black bird. She let out a long breath and shook her head. Awful artist, she said. But I guess he's an all right guy. And suddenly she was smiling. So uh, needless to say, it's a crow crow <laughs> crow has been smuggling things out of spiders warehouse and sending them to oh, the this question. Mark. This is just a row of question marks. I don't even know what <laughs> uh, cube it smells and, bad. Uh, must be cool, though. <laughs> it's got to be cool. Um, and we see the other part of this uh, in the Sojourner's Tale uh, shotgun uh, from Spider's point of view. <clears throat> Avrock, Spider bellows, turning his attention, armored Lysney coming through the doorway. What did you find? Avrock approaches the throne, wringing his hands anxiously. Our thief, my lord. Spider turns forward with a groan. And what did you do with them? He asks in anticipation. That, however, is where Avrock falters. I did not catch them, my lord. Avrock answers, his much smaller frame eclipsed in Spider's shadows. But I have a name. Out with it, Spider grouses, falling back against his throne. The Crow. Our little bird come home to nest so soon. Tell me everything, Spider says. He was able to infiltrate the storehouse and coerced a team of laborers to offload cargo, 
promised to the empress onto a skiff, which he then stole along with a cache of your more personal belongings. Avrak shrinks lower, lower. The supplies were delivered to Mithrax in your name as a gift. And the workers, Spider Growls, they are gone? Avrak didn't mean to make it sound like a question. To where exactly? They left, he clenches his jaw, with the crow. Spider slowly leans forward again. For Earth, Avrak concludes. The baron of the shore throws his dead ghost at Avrak, who ducks away from it. He's taking them to Mithrax, Spider says, between fitful chuckles and wheezing coughs. He steals from me and gives it to the House of Light? Unbelievable. Though behind the laughter and coughs, there's a hint of appreciation in his tone. The kid's grown a spine. There is, Avrock starts, offering Spider a folded piece of paper. One more thing he left behind. Spider's seal is scribbled on one side. For you. As Spider unfolds the note, Avrock creeps further away from the throne. Inside is nothing more than a crude drawing and a rude missive. That little shit. <laughs> uh, so that's just the other side of these things disappearing. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving the crow more and more every day. Uh, he's, he's just, he's Robin. Hood he's absolutely Robin Hood. Like he's just, uh, he's, he's, he's been beat down by life so much that he just, he just wants to see some good in the universe. Like that's all, that's all he's wanting. He's, he, he sees the people in need. He has the means to do it. And he, and, and it, it, damn the consequences, damn the, the, the means of how he does it. Like this guy, this mm-hmm. guy is living fat stacks, rich on the shore. He could, he could stand to lose a few boxes of shit. Like these elixir that are, these refugees in the city are just exactly that. They're refugees in an unknown land with people looking at, I know there's a few lore entries of like, uh, like the weaver, um, uh, yeah. Achilles, the weaver. Um, there's another one. Um, oh, I can't remember what it is. Um, and it, it might, it might still be the weaver, the weaver set, but, uh, um, we're like, I mean, humans are just shitting on Elixney and, and, and just oh, genuinely yeah. being pieces of shit to him. And, and all these guys want is just a home. Like they're literally living in the shadow of their former, uh, um, boogeyman. God, but God and boogeyman. Right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're living in the shadow. They're living underneath the traveler being the former God that, that like, the servitors are literal deities to them. Like they're, they're they're not deities. But the, the, the servitors are meant to be, you know, in the likeness of the traveler. Them being perfectly supposed to be spheres and and the ether uh, uh, mm-hmm. riders, and then um, living in the shadow of their boogeyman, uh, the saint, because the saint went on this huge. And we like we see that in the these in the splicer of actually that story of the saint going on this rampage and and. And just killing indiscriminately, fallen, left, right, up, and down. Doesn't doesn't matter. Women, children, mm-hmm. dreg, vandal, marauder, captain, archon. Doesn't matter. They're all dead to him. Um, 
so yeah, so it's like, it, and then to have Crow just just be like, hey, fuck, man, these people just need a hand, which is, which is interesting too because like when we talked about that when, when like he was older, and Mara looked at him like he's finally found the people in the Elixni, and and so he's still very much connected to the Elixni as a people. Even yes, as he still very much identifies with them in some yeah. way. Um, and and we see uh, some of their situation in the final entry from Season of the Splicer that Crow shows up in. Uh, and this is Beneath the Endless Night, uh, number five, Sabotage. Uh, not, they not planned the to song. infiltrate... Not, not the Beastie Boys song. Uh, they planned to infiltrate the Disney Quarter and find evidence of aggression. If that failed, they would send a clear message that the House of Light was unwelcome in the last city. Knives tore into banners, noxious fumes filled the air, paint cans rattled, the hum of the machinery around them disguised the sounds of their labor, while hushed voices conferred in terse conspiratorial tones. I think this is their food, a young woman whispered to her male companion, while warily looking over her shoulder. She didn't see anyone as they crouched by a large ether tank, but she imagined the elixir crowded together in a nearby. Did they even sleep? A low whistle like a bird call fluttered through the night air. When they looked up, a hunter stood over them only a few paces away, his face shadowed by a coal, by a cowl. He held his hand cannon at hip level, aimed straight at them. Their co-conspirators, drawn by the gathered in their periphery mentally calculating their chances. Not a single one liked the odds. Even those who had come armed expected to fight the fallen, not a guardian. The hunter called out in a half whisper, I don't want any trouble. The young man stepped slowly toward the hunter. You're on the wrong side of this, he said. I don't think I am. The hunter pulled back on his hand cannon's hammer with an audible click. Unwilling to test the hunter's mettle, the young man called over his shoulder. Let's go. In just a few minutes, the block was deserted except for the hunter, who stood alone in the street until his ghost compiled over his shoulder. It chirped with concern. He wouldn't really have shot them, right? The hunter hesitated as he holstered his weapon. They needed to know I was serious, Glint. But you weren't his ghost insisted. Wordlessly, the hunter began making his way through the destruction. Someone would sound the alarm soon. He didn't want to be there when they did. Tell me you weren't serious, his ghost said again. Were you? And that is the end of the season of the Splicer relevant. I I think in my head, I think of Crow as like Dirty Harry, like... I've got the most powerful hand cannon in the world. The 44 Magnum. <laughs> so you gotta ask yourself. The Hawkman. Do you feel lucky? Well, do you, punks? Like, and then all these guys going, hmm. Nah. Nope. 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 <laughs> yeah, because from Crow's point of view, if there's at least seven of them, that's a guaranteed pair of calls. Absolutely. That's, and that's if he doesn't have the catalyst. If he's got the catalyst, he, yeah. can delete, he can get one more. Like, that's... Yeah. You gotta ask yourself, uh, Pug, did I have fire seven or 47? 
<laughs> Joke's on you. I have infinite Damn. ammo now. <laughs> I just dodge roll and it's, it's all back all right in the chamber. Back in the chamber. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's like as far as season of the of the splicer though, like there's there's literally no other interactions with Crow. Like it's it's all Yeah, no, it's it's very it's, limited. It's all hey, let's um, help the House of Light. Let's help the, the Elixir people be more integrated into our society. Um, which is which is honestly kind of like another reflection of the uh season of the chosen, right? Like for the cabal to come to our system yeah. and be like, hey, yep. Zero Wrath killed, devastated us. We are just looking for a place to be and a place to to call home. We we know that you are the in in our eyes the the most mightiest thing in the universe because you have bested us at every corner. Why not fight as equals? Albeit as like a war mm-hmm. council thing, um, and for us to go, nah, I'm good. I don't like if we can beat you once, we can beat you again, and we're not real keen on being friends and then for her to be like okay well instead of friends how about um non-aggressive neighbors all right yeah essentially i I hesitate to use the word allies because it's like it's 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 hard to think of it as an ally non-aggressive neighbors is is more of the is 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 more of the correct term i think to use there and then uh and now to see the fallen right like and 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 so many stories of, of the fallen is like us as humanity, like murderers, like, you know, we're having to live beside our demons and da, 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 and, 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 and the whole thing. And, 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 uh, it's, it's just, it's an interesting point of view there to see it as the, as the fallen sitting side by side with humanity. Um, it's cause now we have, now we have two races that the entirety of destiny we have looked at as enemies and it's, you know, kill them all. And now it's becoming, the, <laughs> as Crow would put it, the line between light and dark is so very thin, right? <laughs> like it's there's so it's such a it's such a gray area now of like who is our true enemy, who is a true ally? Like it's it's you know we even thought of of the of the factions, right? Future War Cult, Jaleel, New Monarchy as as mm-hmm. being part of the city because they were humans. So they, you know, humans and an exo, well, awoken human and exo. Wow. I never realized that either. Um, but yeah, so, so for them to be part of the city and now it's like, Whoa, okay. Yeah. Maybe they might actually be bad. Like is the light inherently good? I hope so. Like, you know, that we're starting to see more and more of this gray area happen. Like it, it's more and more of this gray area is starting to be, and maybe this gray area has always been there. Right. Like, but it's being more it's being put more in the in the in the forefront rather than just a a subtle hey light may not be so good and dark may not be so bad uh yeah and it's more of a hey maybe maybe light dark you know maybe it doesn't matter maybe it's all just a maybe we're all just pawns in a bigger game type thing and and we need to mm-hmm. we need to start seeing it that way but uh but yeah so as but as far as as season of the splicer you know, we we unveil uh, Coria through the Vex network uh, with the help of Mithrax, and we defeat her. And as we said earlier, kind of an anticlimactic one. Like the the fight was cool. Like it was, it, I I liked it. It was it was a neat fight. I I think as far as thematically, it was cool. I think as far but... as like this overarching like Coria's the most powerful Vex. Like unequivocally, Coria is the most powerful Vex in all of existence. 
it is the only Vex that can actively use, could actively use. Do we know if she's dead? Are we convinced she's dead? I'm pretty convinced she is. I know there's some conspiracy theories to, to say otherwise. I'm going to stay but, on the um, fence on this one. I, I, in my yeah. mind, killing her in, a, in, a, in, in the Vex simulation is the same as killing a hive in their Senate throne, right? Like that's, that's like their true death. So in, in my mind, I, there's, there's a 99% chance that we have killed her. But yeah, there's that 1% that still lingers. That's like, maybe we just killed a simulation of her. Um, but yeah. she was the only one, the only Vex that could actively use paracausal abilities. She had taken shields. She had control of the Taken in the Vex network. We don't know if she had control of the Taken outside the Vex network. We have no evidence to support that. Um, I'd like to believe that she could, but at the end of the day... At least for a time. Right. Like, she learned her paracausal abilities from a simulated Oryx. So, she may have only Mm -hmm. been able to simulate paracausal abilities and not actually use them in a real-world setting. So that would explain why she could use taken powers and have taken in the simulated in the Vex simulation of the Vex network. Um, But anyway, so for all intents and purposes, we have, I'm going to put this in quotations, killed Aurea. um, And, and now we have kind of a, a, a new, like Lakshmi goes crazy, unleashes an assault on the last city with the Vex opens a Vex gate network with, <laughs> the help of Osiris. <laughs> um, uh, who then, you know, obviously overtake her and get like, cause she has all these visions and, and the, the, yep. the one that, the one that we talked about was the, the, the submachine gun, um, the future war cult submachine gun that has all the different, uh, timelines that, that she sees in her, in her prediction machine. Um, and, and from a certain point of view, every single one of those happens, right? Like it's, you know, there is screaming in the streets, there is fallen broken in the streets. There is the, but none of it is like a, a definitive, this is what happened. And that's, that's, I think that's inherently the problem with looking at a prediction machine and not knowing how it works. Like you're grasping at straws the whole time. So, uh, so she, so she gets killed uh, in the attack, uh, and thus the the other war factions or the, the other not war factions, sorry, the other factions have been, you know, we 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 push back the vex, we we get through to the other side, we we stop the vex invasion from happening, you know, everything starts closing in from all the sides, you know, the, there's the there's the saint and Mithrax, go help your people, you are my people, oh, um. <laughs> and and then of course Rick and Ikora using two GD supers of two different GD trees in two GD seconds. Come on. Um, yeah, Ikora is a hacker. Ikora is a hacker. Um, I mean, that's that's why they don't let her into trials. That's literally anymore. it. That they she can't go into Crucible because she is a hacker. Um, she yeah. is actively using hacks and and needs to be stopped. Uh, this whole time, Osiris is up on the roof, and he's just kind of like arms folded, and and just kind of watches the whole thing plays out, and just kind of laughs and backs away. Um, and 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 even during that scene, uh, or even during that entire fight, you know, Osiris is like, they're like, where's where's 
or Saints like, where's Osiris? He was right behind me. Like, I, I, I don't know where he went. It's just the two of us now, me, you know, Mithrax and Saint. Can anybody help us? You know, so that's it. From again, from our point of view as the player, oh my God, this guy is sus as hell. Yeah. The, this really cemented that, like, nah, he, he, there's something up with him. He's actively playing a part. There's, there's lines when we're craziness. doing the, when we're doing the, the thing, like, I will, I, I underestimated you before. I won't make that mistake again. We'll like, that again. Why yeah. was there a need for you to overestimate? Like, what the hell? What do you, what do you mean by that? Like, you know, so there's so much there as, as far as Osiris and, and the Vex and, and, the fallen and saint like there's there's a lot there for that but as far as crow not not that those few interactions is all we have um which then brings us to season of the lost to the current season which is season of the lost and uh i don't know how we want to handle this i was going to say because we i probably have roughly another hour on season jesus christ are we going into a three-part episode Is this happening? This this may this may be a three part. Yeah. Did I did I derail us too much that this became a three part episode? Uh, I don't want to say that's the. I'll 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 accept the blame for this. It's a reason. That's fine. Um, uh, but no, because I have I have the Eternal Recurrence Sparrow, the Wayfinder's Compass, uh, and then a number of pages or a number of entries from the Ripples lore book. Yep. Uh, Wayfinder's Voyage, as we well still as don't the, have the final game entry for interactions Ripples. that we have. We still do not have the final entry for Ripples. It is out there Ooh. for people that want to read it. I did not include it in my notes, though, because spoilers. Right. Have you looked at it? I seen bits and pieces of it without meaning to. Um, nothing that was over feeling though okay. so and i will i will i'm stay still in the dark. very much in the dark. i will i will stay underneath my rock uh all right yeah. let's turn this into a three-parter then that's happening yeah i i think can easily get at least an hour out of season of the lost oh, trust um, me. probably more knowing us trust me so. i will derail the piss out of this and we will get we <laughs> will get seven more hours out of this no um okay well that's that's cool so i uh, the and and before all this started, I did ask about uh, uh, the festival of the lost, which is happening right now, and the the lore entries that are happening that, um, which all revolve around Glint, um, yes. roaming the roaming the uh, the the soul system, uh, and so I think I think if if we do uh, if we if if we run out of time next time, <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. Uh, we do have a little bit there. Otherwise, I would like to have um, as a special Halloween episode um, uh, of of Festival of the Lost on that Monday after Halloween. Um, oh yeah, so I think I think yeah, that yeah. might be our plan moving forward. But uh, um, I do we I I do say we had a little bit of bonus content that we were going to include in this episode. Um, some of the, some of the bonus content that I was that I was referring to applies to the season of the Lost, so I can I can put it a little bit here is kind of like a teaser for next time. We'd, we look at, mm-hmm. we look at the, the cabal and the fallen now as like, there are still cabal and fallen enemies in the system. Every single one of those that we're coming against are either mercenaries or non followers of these main houses of Keitel and the house of light. Um, and, and Sabathun mentions this at, at one point in time, like, 
you know, you look at enemies and it's not such a, it, it, you know, it, who, who really is the enemy here? Like what the, 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 God, I can't remember the exact wording she says, but it's, it's basically the effect of like, you know, the definition of enemy is, is broadening now or it's, 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 or it's, it's not so definitive anymore. Right. Like obviously you have, members of the cabal that you're communicating with. You have members of the the fallen living literally here in the city. So it's it's a it's an interesting thing there to think of of the races of the Destiny universe, of all the races of the Destiny universes, there's only two that we're truly fighting as a whole. And one of them's just by proxy, just because they like the 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 Vex, I I still believe them to be just a proxy fight. Like we're just yeah. fighting them just because they're there. Like it, I still don't, I don't have any true reason to, to hate them other than they turn things into mechanical things. And Asher is now a harpy for some reason. So he was clearly turning into a goblin. He's yeah, I know he's not a harpy. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I agree. Are just a, a case of immovable object meeting and, Unstoppable yep. force kind of thing. Um, they don't have an intent behind them yep. in the same way that the other races do. Like the, but the hive actively wants to snuff us out, is what I feel like. Yes. The hive wants yes. to just grow, expand, multiply, the hive, consume. Yeah. The hive want to murder. The Vex are just following a program. Yep. So that's that's where I see like those are our two true enemies. And and like the darkness, we still have so little interaction with the darkness and it's it's funny too because like the first big reveal of the darkness in the solar system was during shadow keep which is now almost two years old mm-hmm. yeah like holy shit that was the first time we saw a pyramid and and we went through all the beyond light expecting all this darkness stuff and we got some but we still have no but- fucking clue not much yeah uh some of that is because of sabbath i think so uh you know she she very directly and very deliberately uh messed with the darkness's ability to communicate interference interference Um, mission during uh arrivals yep um so yeah and say my my little bit of bonus content because i promised i'd i'd say something uh, a theory that i currently have for regard- um two two bits i guess Ooh. uh the first bit there is there is no possible way that she doesn't know that crow is all like i i would find it a real stretch for her to have actively gone out for a night on the town drinks at a bar and not found out that Crow is Aldrin. I think you're right. Um, I, I just, I mean, maybe they could explain. I mean, just the sheer number of people they would have been around. Unlikely. Right? Like right. somebody, somebody yeah. could, had to have cut them a sideways look and been like, what the hell are you doing here with him? Yeah. So that that's, that's theory number one is that uh, Amanda knows and assuming she does know that just lends even more so to the strength of her character because she did care so deeply for Cade, um, almost as like a, a brother or fatherly figure. Like, I, maybe not I fatherly. Think brother. Like 
the, the crazy uncle. I, I definitely uh, think brother there. Yeah. Um, she had a very deep connection with Cade and was affected very much by his, his death. I mean, his, his cape um, is hanging in her workshop. You can go yeah. right now in game and go look uh, at Amanda Holiday's area and up against the wall is his is Cade's cloak and sitting on the ground is the mm-hmm. colonel. Yeah. So I I think if she if if we're assuming she does know Crow's previous self, um then that also implies given that current lore cards, recent lore cards, uh she still is kind of speaking of him fondly. Um, I would say just lends to the the strength of her character that she has been willing to, in the same way that Zavala has, understand that the person in front of them is is different than the person that that did those acts that murdered Cade. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And that leads into another theory. Uh, We're all about and that theory out theories here. That that theory this this one's a little uh, you know out, out of left field, but I'm gonna say it now. Yeah. I am theorizing that Amanda Holiday is going to end up being the first light bearer guardian that does not have to die first. Oh shit. And now I don't have a ton of evidence to support this, except for the fact that over the last couple seasons, she has repeatedly been told by multiple people of multiple races that she would make an excellent guardian. Myth- and they are often surprised to find out that she is not one. Mithrax is one. There's this particular lore card yep. where they're talking and she's like welding or something like that. And, and they're just talking mm-hmm. back. She's and fixing the ether yep. that the people sabotage. And, and, and he, and like, she says something and, and he, I remember Mithrax like looks at her like, you're, you're not a guardian. Nope. Yeah, he uh, he asks if he could meet her ghost next time that she comes by, and uh, I, I just read this, which is why I'm remembering it. Um, he asks if she if he can meet her ghost next time that she comes by to to help with things, and she says, you know, oh, I, I unfortunately you can't because I still have a pulse. Yep. You know, I'm I'm still all human, uh, and he is. Shocked genuinely shocked by that i mean because she she uh, she rolled in balls deep with with her shotgun at that final scene when it was just you are my people mm-hmm. and she's just like pa 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 get some like straight up straight up like just total badass like yeah so we we have seen um we have seen mithrax say that she uh, you know, assume that she was a guardian. Uh, we have seen, um, I believe it was Saladin say something, you know, uh, commend her, her courage and, and her strength. Um, and maybe most telling of all, Osiris or Savathun as Osiris has told her that she would make an excellent guardian though she probably wouldn't enjoy the barrier to entry 
AKA needing to die to be resurrected. However, however, we know that Savathun as Osiris at, at, at that moment has been planning a way to, by nature of what we've seen in the Witch Queen trailer, has been planning a way to wield the light, either A, without dying, or B, without losing your memories of who you were previously. And she's and she's already proven she can do that, When which we'll get into more with our discussion for the next part. I am starting to see some stars align here for Amanda becoming a guardian either without having to die or uh being the first guardian to retain full memory upon resurrection interesting well and savasoon oh man you you sly fox you you if you are a sly fox okay well then we will leave some suspense for next time without completely ruining Season of the Lost, because Lord knows nobody here has played any of Season of the Lost and doesn't know no, of course not. any of the story this season. No, no one plays Destiny. What are you yeah, talking about? Dead game. Well, that's the big, that's the big thing, right? Like, every, every Destiny player tries to find the most plausible way to not play Destiny, right? Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. No other population of players tries so hard to play as little of the game yeah, as possible. Yeah, right? Like, that's just... Makes no sense. Okay. Uh, well, then we will <laughs> start our uh, our traditional uh, uh, thank yous. Uh, my first thank you goes to... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to thank Savathun first. Um, because she... She's a... She's a tricky bitch, man. I don't, I don't, I don't really have any, any, any. The more I listen to her talk, the more I like want to be her friend now. Like maybe she's not as sus as I don't know. There's, I keep humming this song every once in a while, and and it gets in my head, and, and then it's just, you know, like da na na na. Like I don't know, I don't, I don't know where I heard it. Uh, don't, don't listen to those honeyed words. I, uh, we, if we have, maybe if, if things end up having time, um, at the end of, of part three, I would definitely like to discuss some of her strategies. I feel she's implying when she's talking. Oh, absolutely. That's, I mean, that's part of season of the lost is going to be like, we, we're going to have to talk about that. We can't talk about season lost without talking about that. Like that's just going to be, yeah. Uh, my next thanks is to Keitel. Uh, for being the ballsiest uh, female cabal in all of history, and quite possibly the only female cabal in all of history, uh, is definitely not the only. It can't be. Like, there's no way. There's no way that, like, I mean, there, there could be. Like, with the number of legionnaires we're killing, I mean, that's a lot of babies to pump out, right? Like, that's. I mean, I, I doubt they're pod people. I don't. I don't see them as pod people. It's anyway. Thank you, Kyle, for being just. Bold and, and badassery, uh, as well as a man of holiday. Like, I, if, if you do become a guardian, fucking, I will. Let's kick some ass. 
Uh, and then, of course, uh, to um, uh, Mark, our producer, um, Eclipse, uh, thank you for joining us as, as much as you can. Uh, it's, it's absolutely a joy to have you in this channel. Um, thank you to Alpha uh, for, for who I, I am now convinced is, is not Lee, but is Alex, and Alex is Lee, and vice versa. Um, not Brandon Lee, though. Just making things not worse. Not Brandon Lee. Brandon Lee is, is the crow, and the crow is not dead. He's clearly in destiny. Like, he's just... Anyway, uh, thank you to Brandon Lee for being the crow. Why not? Because uh, without that, we wouldn't have uh, funny Brandon Lee uh, references for the crow. Uh, and of course, uh, thank you, Myth, for doing the research, for putting in the work, and for putting up with my derailment of turning this from a two-part into a three-part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all in good fun. Of course. And uh, let's say it... I think part three will probably we'll we'll have a little more opportunity some some more in depth derailment if we if we so choose. Oh, yeah. So that's happening. Well, Miss, you got anything? Uh no. No, I think that about wraps it up. I'll say and just a general thank you to, to everyone and anyone that to this or any of our previous episodes uh i know we just kind of make this for the clan but i did see we have a single non-clan follower now on uh on our our podbean channel which is kind of Yay, exciting we're so. growing thank you random <laughs> follower shout, shout out to that guy or girl uh do we, do we have any type of, but are, yeah are i don't know that there's screen names or anything on you just have a follower right on on podbean or uh no, I can pull up a screen. Oh, okay, we'll screen give a special shout out to our lone follower. I swear to God, if yeah. it's Tom from MySpace, I swear <laughs> to God, don't you laugh at me, woman? You know, if it's Tom from MySpace, I'm gonna call some bullshit. Uh, um, so let's let's take a look here. Suspense building. Suspense is building. So I guess I'm gonna laugh if this is being some plan on different name. But the uh they follow enough other podcasts that I'm gonna assume that it's it's not. Um but the the username that they have deemed themselves under is Coon Walrus. Oh. Okay. Well, thank you, Coon Walrus, for following us. So, shout out to them. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, Stinky and Eclipse, uh, who are our other followers. Yay, Stinky! We know that we know that Alaska isn't a real place. <laughs> <laughs> or a real time zone or timeline or anything. You're just, we know you're not real, but that's okay. You exist in our minds that's and that's okay. what's, that's what matters. So, all right. Well, with that, I think this was the, uh, 
end of episode 13. Sweet. Thank you all for joining us, and we will catch you next time. From all of us uh, lore nerds uh, to all of you guardians out there, we'll see you next week.